Hey you guys, so welcome to the Bow Rush Podcast, uh, it's the next episode, and this one's actually a little bit of a special one. Um, <clears throat> this is the first one we've done <clears throat> done outside of Georgia, uh, me and Jason are actually up in Missouri right now, ha- had a great opportunity because of some some hookups yeah. uh, from, from Jason to yep. sit down with Kevin, uh, Kevin Rhodes from B4 Outfitters. Uh, we're up here for five days. Talk a little bit about kind of what we're doing up here, Jason. Yeah, so um, got to meet Kevin a, a couple years ago. Went on a hunt with him at his outfitter, um, and just an outstanding guy there. He's got a unique thing going on up there. Um, he he takes veterans and first responders on on hunts, all paid for. You know, they pays for the, from the license to the lodging to their food to the hunts to the you know everything pays for everything for these guys um it's a non-profit organization um he does do a few hunts where you can you know pay you know like an outfitter hunt type situation you can pay a certain amount of money and hunt his property um and that's what i did a few years ago and was successful and shot a 16 pointer mm-hmm. um really yeah i mean very very nice deer archery deer for missouri Scored around um, 110 inches, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say that. Yeah. 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 So, um, but just still just an awesome, awesome place. And uh, we actually get to sit down with Kevin here and you'll get to hear just more of his story personalized and hear kind of how he got started and what his mission is here. And, um, you know, I encourage you to, to look him up and, and to search him. He'll give you all the social media tags that he has and if you're interested in going on a hunt um, which I think you will be by the time you listen to this podcast because it is an awesome place to hunt hear about some of the stories that we have over the past few days and we also got some great footage of this place was your experience the same from the previous time you went yeah I would say so I mean I okay. you know I only got you know uh, we were in the tree ma- ma- the majority of time filming two veterans okay. um, so a little bit different because the other time I was hunting for five days, but this time I was doing more of the filming side. Uh, we did hunt a little bit on the back end of the week, um, and actually we're both successful. Me and Scott were both successful um, with, with harvesting deer. He shot a very nice buck. I shot a doe um, and got it on film. But, um, yeah, awesome. I, I just think it was it was a different experience, but just in the aspect of the different – I was doing a different job here this time. But still – Awesome atmosphere, awesome food. We ate steak and pasta and all the good stuff. He those mashed potatoes, man. Oh God, I'm you know I'm making them for Thanksgiving. Are you really? Oh, I make absolutely. I'm making them. So when you hear this, Kevin, um, you know it's actually from his mom. Yeah, right. It's mom's recipe. Tell your mom that it is being passed on to Georgia and will be. Um, it's called potato casserole, mashed potato casserole. Mashed potato casserole. Oh, it's so good. Phenomenal. So you guys turn the volume up. Uh, got a little bit of a long one here, but Kevin's got some great stories. Uh, he's doing some really good work up there and really giving, giving time and experience back to some vets and first responders and some youth hunters that are coming in. Uh, so stay tuned and listen to it, all right? Can't wait. All right, so uh, we appreciate you having us out to, to B4 Outdoor. Um yeah, Chasten and myself here up in Missouri, up in Elmer, Elmer, Missouri. Elmer, that's right. Elmer, sitting here with with Kevin. Uh, Kevin, if you can't tell us a little bit about where B four started, how long it's been around, yeah, and kind of the mission behind why why B four is B four. Sure, yeah, it all actually starts back probably about ten years ago. 
I got invited to do some guiding, actually not even really guiding, but more of just mentoring um, some youth hunters through, this, through the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources Youth Program. And I had a friend who was a game warden, and they needed some guys to help out with a, a youth dove hunt. And so I went and I mentored some kids and just had a blast. And that kind of led one thing to another. I got to go on some turkey hunts with some disabled kids. And then I got to go on some veteran hunts and just, you know, help out and, you know, volunteer and that kind of stuff. And it really kind of stoked my fire for wanting to help guys and kids and others get into the great outdoors that might not have the opportunity. So fast forward uh, probably about six or so years, I just finally decided to jump in with both feet uh, into the outdoor industry following that passion of uh, helping others. Um, so my goal was to go and work for an outfitter, whether, you know, initially I thought out west, but, uh, you know, kind of anywhere and work for four or five years and learn the industry and then go out on my own. Well, that plan kind of went sideways for various reasons. And so now we're at 2018 and I'm kind of on the outside of the outdoor industry looking in and just decided to jump in with both feet and start my own business. And what we did is we came up with the idea of B4 Outdoors as a nonprofit. We're a 501c3 registered nonprofit. And the idea was to help veterans and kids get into the outdoors. And then we kind of realized that there's an underserved population of guys or, or, or people, not just guys, but ladies as well, in the first responder law enforcement category, that they deal with some pretty crazy stuff too. And we decided that since there's not a ton of organizations out there that help that category, we decided we would also you know lump them into our nonprofit. So, you know, our mission is to, to help rehabilitate wounded warriors, veterans, kids, and first responders slash law enforcement through outdoor recreation. And so we offer uh, deer hunts in Missouri. That's kind of our main thing. That's where our lodge is. We offer turkey hunts in Missouri. We have some opportunities for elk hunts and mule deer hunts in Colorado. And then we have just a network of others that help us out with uh, duck hunting and you know, all kinds of other stuff. So we've got some guys that help us out with bear hunting. But that's kind of where B4 came up. You know, we came up with a name for B4. It's, it's bulls, bucks, beards, and bills. So it's the elk, the deer, the turkeys, and the ducks. And that's, uh, that's kind of where we are. And we're on year five of, uh, of this journey. And uh, we've helped probably close to, we're probably gonna, at the end of this year, we'll be pushing 100 guys or a hundred hunters that we've been able to help out. That's awesome. And so. that's, is, is that how you, Jason, is that how you originally got, got out here? Cause this is your, your second year out here. Right. So, yeah. So I had seen Kevin, um, and his group here at before on Facebook, um, two years ago, uh, I was looking for a Midwest hunt with me and a buddy. This is going to be my first time coming out to the Midwest and, I always heard good things about Missouri's, you know, the fact that the tags are over the counter. So, you know, that's one reason that I was kind of drawn to this area. But found Kevin, called him. <clears throat> you know, he was very – what I appreciated about Kevin from the first – from the start was how he was, you know, 
answering questions that I had because I had a ton of questions. Because, I mean, if you're investing, you know, money into a hunt like this, you want to make sure that you're, you know, that you know what you're getting into. And so I had a lot of questions and Kevin was, was very patient and answered them all to the best of his ability. Um, anytime I had a question, I would call him, he would answer. If he didn't answer, he would just call me back pretty quickly. And that's pretty big in today's world is somebody that actually is attentive and communicates with you. So, um, knew that this is the place that I wanted to go booked with Kevin. Uh, we came last year, 2021. Um, I believe it was, and I probably get the dates wrong. I think it was November 5th through the 10th, somewhere in that ballpark. And yeah, had some hard hunting. Um, we had a, you know, a, some warm air move from the south. And um, Jason about, actually brought the warm weather with him from Georgia. <laughs> well, that's what he says. But I'm beginning to, to think that's probably true. But um, yeah, we just had a, we had a, some just some hard weather to, to hunt in up here, and it kind of stopped the deer movement. It was about 20 degrees hotter than it should have been. But, uh, you know, Kevin was real persistent. You know, he was real just – he just always was very encouraging about it and just said, you know what, we're just going to keep at it. And, you know, turns out day four um, I got a chance to harvest a, a beautiful deer, uh, 16 scoreable points. Um, he He's probably my biggest bow buck. He, there's, he's, he's close with another one that I've killed. But regardless, he's a very good deer, very proud of him. Um, and, uh, Kevin was just, Kevin was just awesome. And, and I don't think, I think I've built more of a friendship with the, with them than I have, you know, just on the, it started out just, just like a business adventure, you know, as far as me coming up here to hunt. Um, but I think just that he's an outstanding guy and, and what they do, I'm, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm a fireman full time. And so, uh, I appreciate what Kevin is doing up here for these guys and, and, you know, this week we'll get into more of that in a second, but we got the chance to see the what Kevin does, you know, firsthand with filming these veterans that came up here on this hunt, and and we'll get into that in a second, Scott. But I mean, that was just it was awesome to be a part of. Yeah, let me add one other thing about B4 Outdoors. We also have a for-profit side of the business that we take a few paid clients every year, and that's what Chasen came as last year. Um, he and Jonathan came as paid clients, and we take the few paid clients just because we have to pay the bills. You know, putting on these hunts for veterans and kids and first responders aren't cheap when you talk about land prices for leasing, you know, cost of deer stands, cost of lodging, cost of meals, all that stuff. And we can get into that later. But just, you know, to clear up any confusion for what Chasen said, you know, we do have a very small side of the business that is for profit just to help pay the bills. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about the the layout and what you have up here between uh, the lodge that we're staying in right now, and then what what's the the, the huntable land look like? Okay, right, yeah, we we're we're in northeast Missouri. Um, we're about an hour and a half right north of Columbia, um, kind of in the middle of the state. We're about forty five minutes from Iowa, and we're in big deer country. I mean, this is some great deer country up here. We've got great timber draws. We've got great timber ridges. We've got freaking river bottoms that are full of agriculture. Um, a lot of row crops, corn and soybeans, and just huge oak ridges. I mean, it, it really is big buck country. Um, so, you know, specifically, what do we have here at B4? 
we've got about it's about a 17 1800 square foot lodge which it's not you know huge compared to some other lodges we don't have 40 bedrooms and can't have 80 people but that's not what we're about we're not about just running numbers through and making a quick buck we want the personal experience for the guys whether that's our paid hunters and specifically our veterans and kids and first responders we want them to feel like they're at home so our lodge is a little bit on the smaller side we can sleep up to six if we have you know a couple um, we've got two rooms with bunk beds and then we've got one room with a double bed so you know we'll we'll sleep up to six uh, typically we don't take more than about three or four guys at a time just that way so we can give them that personal attention we don't want people to leave here and be you know or, or i don't want guys to be here and have to put name tags on people you know i want that personal relationship and, and just what chasen said you know he's our relationship went from a business deal to a friendship you know and that's the way i want it to be I want guys to leave here, you know, thinking that, you know, I've just made a lifelong friend. And that's the way I view it. I mean, I still keep up with guys that hunted with me four or five years ago. So, you know, that's kind of the lay of the lodge. It's two-story. You come in on the on the top level, and it's the living room, big screen TV, kitchen, dining room, and kind of the hangout. And then downstairs is, is just for the hunters. You know, there's a TV down there, small little living air, living room, bedrooms you know bathroom laundry facility all that's for them that's their space you know i i don't really go down there a whole lot i just kind of let them do their thing down there so they can relax and chill out and take a nap um so you know a lot of naps happen in deer camp mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of naps but so that's kind of the lay of the lodge um right here at the lodge which um we own the 78 acres that the lodge sits on and it's a great track uh, it's mostly timber got a few few a few food plots when the weather cooperates um, so it, it's it's a great little piece i mean I'm, we're very blessed to have it um, it's kind of a crazy story how it all happened but you know if, if it's god's plan it's god's plan and, and it worked out for us but then we also have uh six other satellite farms that are out um, as far as you know 35 minutes away and as close as you know just a few miles away and they range anywhere from 20 acres uh to, to over 200 acres and you know our landowners are great we've got again a good mix of some crp some timber some agriculture and um you know it's really great we we have a great situation we've got all kinds of setups for hunting we've got a few blo box blinds We've got some tripods that are open air for, for more of the rifle style hunting, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we've got hang on stands for bow hunters. We've got ladder stands that we can use for bow hunters or rifle hunters. Um, ground blinds for, for those hunters that, that can't or don't want to get up into the air. I mean, we do have a few of our hunters um, who have some physical limitations and, and sometimes don't like to, you know, can't climb up a ladder. So that's why we have some box blinds and ground blinds and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of the lay of the land for, for us here at B4. And one thing that Kevin will do that I've noticed is, you know, like you mentioned, he's got six different farms, not including his home property here. Um, and, you know, at dinner, which dinner is a whole other topic. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> but at dinner time, um, 
you know, after dinner, I should say, Kevin's got a aerial maps, probably like a, I, I don't know, a very large aerial map picture printed out for each property that has every stand labeled. And so Kevin knows these properties. Kevin's had these properties for, for, for years, some of them for years. And so um, he knows the where the deer are moving. Um, one thing about Kevin is he runs a ton of cameras. Um, he has a he has like I think sixty something cellular cameras. If I just yeah. I, I may be wrong on that, but he's got a ton on each property, so he knows where these deer are moving. So um, Kevin is going to make a very informed decision and give you options, um, but he's going to make a very like informed decision on these farms. Like I think this is a stand we should hunt, and he bases this off of wind, um, you know what the deer activity in the area. Um, and so one thing I like about here is you have plenty of options as, as far as where to hunt. And I will say the stands that you do hunt, I've, I've hunted, you know, in the, this being my second trip up here, I've hunted a lot of Kevin's stands and I've not hunted one stand that I got up in and was like, this stand is in bad shape or, you know, it's just the small things like attention to details, like having a bow hanger in each stand plus having uh, another hanger for your bag and just, just little things like that that are in every stand that I've noticed that goes a long way. So, um, you know, I, Kevin's just really smart when it comes to how these deer move in Missouri. And, you know, he's going to do everything he can, whether you're a paid guy coming up here or whether you're a veteran, first responder, or a kid. He's going to do everything he can to make sure that you have the best chance of killing something. So, um I really appreciate that about Kevin and this in this place. Yeah, we can con we can control a lot of things. We can't control the weather and we can't control the deer, but we want to try and have a comfortable hunt. You know, our stands aren't all brand new. We're not you know buying four hundred dollar stands or fifty thousand dollar box blinds. You know, we just can't afford that stuff. But we try and have good quality, safe equipment. We try and make the hunts comfortable. We try and make the lodge comfortable um, because, you know, not everybody gets a deer. That's hunting. But, you know, we want everybody to have a good time. We want everybody to be safe. And so we just try and pay attention and control the things we can control. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one thing we talked about a little bit kind of a number of times. When we're talking about outfitters, whether you're in Missouri, you're in Illinois, name your state there's a couple of different classes different types of outfitters and i think a lot of us follow you know the facebook page and instagram of some of those main name ones that that we all know whether it's high fence or just super super well managed with a lot of resources and money behind it versus versus guys that are honestly you know doing their own tracks you know going out and leasing land from different farm owners having you know six different tracks across areas not you know, 2,000 acres all in one spot, and it's managed very differently. Um, so what's what's really the expectation? You know, you go to those those high dollar, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollar hunts, and the expectation is, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot I'm gonna shoot a 200 plus. That's just a freak nasty. But this is real hunting. So what's what's right. the realistic expectation for a hunter coming up here right. to 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 Elmer to be four outdoors? Yeah. So a real well, let me say this: in in where we are in Missouri. We are in a CWD area. Let's just get that out there right now, which doesn't mean, you know, we're the stepchild. I mean, we still have great deer hunting and the deer are safe to eat and all that stuff. 
one out of every like 10,000 deer test positive for CWD in this area. So we don't really let it concern, you know, what we're doing. The issue we have is the rules that govern CWD areas. So we cannot bait, we cannot supplemental feed in the off season. We can't put out salt blocks, mineral blocks, nothing, period, 365 days a year. All we can do is put down food plots. And then of course, you know, you got the agriculture. Mm -hmm. So this is really about as close to fair chase as you can get in the whitetail world. Mm -hmm. And so when we run all our cameras and do all our scouting, you know, it's based off of actual scouting and hunting and that kind of stuff. We natural don't natural deer movement. Natural deer movement, exactly. So we don't put out a, a salt block and then, you know, put a camera over top of it. Which there's nothing wrong with that if that's legal in your state. I grew up in the Carolinas and I've hunted over corn, you know, and whatnot my whole life. So I'm not knocking it. I'm just, you know, setting the stage kind of for, for what we do out here. Uh, in this part of Missouri. So, you know, expectations wise, you're gonna see deer. I mean, we have a very high deer population here. So, you know, part of my issue with the outdoor industry is everybody sees guys on Facebook and Instagram and TV shooting 150, 60, 70, 80 inch deer. And so they see that these guys are hunting in Missouri and Iowa and Illinois and and they think that just because they're coming to missouri that there's a 170 inch deer behind every tree <laughs> you know and that's just not the case you know even here in missouri where we have great genetics and we have a great deer herd deer deer are hard to see that get above 150. Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of guys will never see a 150 inch deer in their life mm -hmm. let alone have the chance to shoot one mm -hmm. so you know, but with that being said, we have some great deer here. Um, and it, all of a sudden now our mascot camo, <laughs> our black hey, lab camo. decided he wanted to be in the podcast. <laughs> all right, down. Cool. Good boy. But uh, anyway, so, you know, if you want to talk maybe statistics on, you know, what are expectations, I would say from a rifle hunting standpoint, I mean, we are almost at 90%. I mean, success rate. And we're at least, I mean, we're easily at 100% for opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, pulling the trigger, that's up to the hunter. Yeah. You know, but for rifle season, you're going to get the opportunity to shoot a deer. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not be that 180, but it, you know, it very well could be a 130, 140. And a lot of people don't understand how big a 130 inch deer really is. You know, it, it's. When you start getting up to 140 and above, it, those are really big deer. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. and so, you know, it's that's the expectation here from a rifle standpoint is you're gonna see deer and you're gonna get an opportunity mm -hmm. at, a, at a buck. And um, so then when you talk about from archery season, as we all know, we're all you know the three of us have, have hunted archery and we know that it's a whole different ball game, mm -hmm. a whole different ball game, but. I would say on average, we're about 50% on the archery side. Mm -hmm. You know, again, they're not all 170 inch deer, but they're nice, good quality bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as shooting a doe, I mean, man, you, you have a lot of opportunities to shoot a doe. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in it for the meat game, then 
you know, that's, that's a good place to come. And there's some, you know? there's some big does too, some yeah. big bodies. Yeah. So we, we're very fortunate that we're in the same area genetic wise as Iowa. Mm -hmm. You know, again, we've talked about this this week, you know, the, the philosophy is different between Iowa and Missouri on how the states run their deer programs, but we have that same genetic. I mean, we have deer that weigh 300 pounds here mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's big deer country. And, you know, if you come hunt with us, there's that chance that you may see the buck of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, but there's a good chance, a really good chance that you're going to go home with a deer. Yeah. You know, we'll and see. I mean, I can, I can testify to the, uh, <laughs> you know, it, to the buck of a lifetime thing that, you know, so me and Scott have, uh, this is day five of us being up here, but uh, for the first three days, we filmed the, the two veterans. And so me and Scott didn't have any, any bows in hand or anything. We were just strictly filming. Got some good footage, seen a lot of deer. Um, but fast forward to yesterday was our first uh, day actually being able to hunt. And so uh, we were hunting a farm that morning, uh, first morning. That was our first morning hunting, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All my days are running together. <laughs> um and man at you know at 8 30 i caught a glimpse of something moving through this field um and i ranged it later and it was 370 yards away and i just want to say probably the biggest buck i've ever seen on the hoof and probably may ever see um this deer was just it, it was a true midwest monster and couldn't tell you how many points he had. Couldn't tell you he was so. I mean, 370 yards away, I could, I could just tell how big he was. Big bodied, big rack. Um, but the the only reason I seen that deer was because uh, across the other property uh, was some standing corn, and that corn was being harvested that morning. And so that combine pushed that deer out of its bed, and that corn where it was at. And that deer crossed a shallow river. It, it's shallow because usually it's, I'm sure it's deep, but you could see, you know, dirt on either side from where it was there in a drought up here. But anyways, that deer crossed that river and went up into the field of cut corn where I was at. And so you just, they're here. Um, you're, you're not, obviously you're not guaranteed that kind of deer, but. Well, there's a, there's a 185, 185, right? 182. 182 sitting on the wall from, from one of the farms here. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't, wasn't harvested. Um, they, they, they found, they had pictures of it previously, uh, but then found it in a field, in field, uh, uh, skeleton and all, but it's sitting on the wall and it is, it, it is impressive to, to say the least. Yeah. And trail cam pictures, right? I mean, you've got a number of trail cam pictures of deer that are every bit of what people think about when when they think about a monster deer. So yep. they're 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 clearly they're here. That's right. So I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, the the quality of deer here is just as good as anywhere in the world. The issue is it's hunting, mm -hmm. you know, and to get a deer that's 170 or 180 inches to walk in front of you in in either a three day or a five day hunt. You know that's the hard part mm -hmm. and um you know it is what it is sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but uh but yeah you're gonna you're gonna see deer and like jason had yesterday you're gonna maybe have that chance to see the deer <laughs> of a lifetime and it was pretty funny we got it we got some footage of jason's 
facial reactions right after it happened because <laughs> uh, Scott was close enough to, to film him, and it, it's pretty funny. Uh -huh. You can obviously tell he shook, and uh, I'm surprised I didn't have to pick him up off the ground when I went to, went to get him out of the stand. Yeah. yeah, so Scott was hunting. like He was hunting uh, is about 150 yards from me, um, and totally different. He was hunting a totally different area of the farm than I was, but we were still close enough to where, you know, we could see each other if we put your binos on or you zoomed in on our cameras. And um, all, all I know is I, I just heard grunting and I realized that I can, I can look over and see Chase and just grunting his, his head off on, on the tube. <laughs> and uh, I was laughing a little bit about it. And then I see him moving around a bunch. So I throw the camera up and as I'm zooming in, he's, he's looking over at me, just doing the, the he was this wide hand motion. And from from 150 yards away, zoomed in, you can see the, the you can see the hysteria in in Chasen's eyes that he just saw an absolute absolute giant. I was it, I was speechless. I mean, you know, he was shaking his head. You just <laughs> I was just that's the last thing I was honestly expecting to see because Kevin showed us pictures of the deer he's got on that farm, and there's some really good deer. I mean, we were hunting a deer that Kevin just calls wide neck, and this. This joker is 300 pounds, and his neck, year-round, is about the size of a tree trunk. Um, <laughs> and he's, it's not even rutting or anything. It's just a big old deer. And so, you know, I, there's some good solid deer on this, on this farm, but when I looked across the field and seen that coming across, I was just speechless. And I, I tried to throw my camera on it, but, you know, that deer was not stopping for nothing. Um, and he was in it. He was out of the field as soon as he was in the field. So mm -hmm. it was just a blessing to get to see something like that, <laughs> you know, in that five second window that I did. Wish I could have got footage of him, but you know, that's just something that I have to keep in my mind. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. you know. So it it was it was fun. It was a good hunt. So that yeah. made my weekend for yeah. sure. I mean, there's, and there's, there's big deer up here, and talking about the people you have come up with first first responders kids or, or veterans you know some of them they're probably all into hunting in some some capacity some of them depending on where they're at in their hunting career are looking for that 170 right some of them are just looking for their first first archery buck or maybe their first rifle rifle buck so what's what's kind of the guidelines that you have in place right for those hunters yeah we um you're right we have we run the gamut of of every type of hunter from beginner from never really even shot a bow before to the very seasoned guy who is actually, I have a, a really good client who is an outfitter in Wisconsin. And he's a very accomplished hunter and he comes down here during the split between Wisconsin archery and Wisconsin rifle. And he takes a, the week and comes down and hunts with me. And so, you know, we have everybody in between that beginner all the way to an out, a fellow outfitter. And so, you know, basically, we don't really have any set rules or limits um, on the size of deer because of that. You know, we don't want to tell somebody who is only proficient at 20 yards with their bow as a beginner that they have to shoot a 140-inch deer or bigger because that's not fair to that person. So our standard rule is basically shoot what makes you happy and shoot what you're, you will happily take home and put on your wall. And you don't have to get a shoulder mount, might just be a European mount, or you might cut the skull plate off 
and screw it to a piece of barn wood and hang it up in your garage. If that's what you want to do and you're happy with that buck, then we're ecstatic for you. You know, if, if you're a meat hunter and you want to use your tag on a doe or two, we're happy for you to do that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so we really try and tailor the hunt towards the style, the abilities, abilities of the hunter. You know, for example, we had a, a couple come from Oregon a couple years ago. Actually, they came two years in a row. And um, his wife had never whitetail hunted. He was in the Army and had been stationed in North Carolina, but was from Oregon. And so he had the chance to hunt whitetails a little bit in North Carolina. And she was from Oregon. She'd never seen a whitetail in person. You know, they don't have them there. Well, they, they have a few um, that are starting to move in, but where they're from, they don't have whitetails. They have mule deer and elk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the, on the coast, they got blacktails. Mm -hmm. So it was all new to her. And she was a rifle hunter. And I've seen some pictures. She's killed some dandy bucks, uh, mule deer bucks and elk with a rifle. Um, but she wanted to learn how to bow hunt and they wanted to come hunt in the Midwest for a whitetail. Mm -hmm. The first year she missed like three or four times. Second year she comes back, she killed a doe and a button buck. And she was more excited than guys that I've seen shoot 140s. <laughs> and it was awesome. I mean, it was the most awesome situation, the biggest celebration because she'd never even she just started bow hunting just to come on this trip you know and then all of a sudden she harvested two deer like bang bang you know the first two days of the trip you mean, you mean thwack, thwack. well yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and uh it, i mean it was awesome she was so excited and and that's what it's about you know i didn't want to tell her you can't shoot that deer mm -hmm. you know that's no fun you know, it's fun to kill deer, you know, whether they're does or spikes or 180s. Mm -hmm. It's fun, you know, and that's what we want people to, to walk away here and say we had a good, fun trip. And we harvested a deer. I killed my first one or I killed my biggest bow to date or, you know, whatever the situation may be. That's what we want, mm -hmm. you know, so we don't have we don't have size limits. We don't have trophy fees. We don't have penalties. We don't assess fines or anything like that. If you're happy with it, we're happy with it. So that's kind of our philosophy. That's awesome. Well, talk a little bit about, um, you know, we had, we had two guys that came in. Me and Chase specifically came up here to, to film two vets uh, right. on, on, a, on a bow hunt. Um, talk a little bit about Andrew and Elmer and uh, how, how they got up here, where, where that came from and started. Yeah, sure. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our mission is to help veterans, first responders, law enforcement, and kids rehabilitate through the great outdoors. And the, the, the term rehabilitate could have different meanings. You know, some guys have some issues physically, and it helps them to get out in the great outdoors. Some guys have some PTSD, maybe a TBI, um, something like that, and they need the time to mentally decompress. Um, others, like for example, our kids hunts, we will choose kids whose parents are military or law enforcement and give them time to come up with their parent and spend a good weekend or a week, you know, getting some, some parent-child time in the woods 
trying to make memories, that kind of stuff. So when I say rehabilitate, it's not, you know, we're not doing physical therapy. We're not doing, you know, <laughs> therapy. We don't have a psychologist or anything like that. Lay on the couch. Right. We're just, we're trying to provide guys opportunity to come and just have a, a stress-free weekend um, and enjoy the great outdoors. So this weekend, um, and it, it changes a little bit every year. It evolves every year. Um, based on our schedule and that kind of stuff. But this year we decided to do a veteran archery hunt um, kind of earlier in the rut period. This is kind of the beginning of the pre-rut. And we wanted to offer up a weekend, a three-day weekend, for a couple veterans to come and uh, share the, share some time in the outdoors with them. So our kind of our standard process is to make an announcement on social media and our website that we're gonna do a hunt giveaway. And, you know, like I said, this year we decided to do a veteran archery hunt. And we put different criteria on things sometimes, you know, sometimes we want them to be Missouri residents because we, we wanna serve the local community. Sometimes we open it up nationally and we bring guys in from all over the country. <clears throat> but this hunt specifically was for Missouri residents only. And we were fortunate enough to find two guys in Elmer Wilson and Andrew Martin, who are both from the St. Louis area. Um, Andrew is an Army veteran and who's now a police officer, and then Elmer Wilson, who was a Marine and is now a carpenter um, there in St. Louis, invited them up for an all-expenses-paid trip. Um, they All they had to do was get here, and we take care of the food, the lodging, the hunting, and... Um, a lot of times we'll take care of hunting licenses and tags and stuff like that, but they're Missouri residents and they're hunters and they already had their tags and, and stuff. So, you know, they, they said, you know, we just appreciate the opportunity. You don't have to reimburse us for tags or anything like that. So, you know, the, we didn't have to spend any money on that, but we, you know, we provide everything else mm -hmm. and uh, we give them the opportunity to come up and legally harvest whatever they want to. Um, Andrew was trying to get some meat, and I think Elmer was trying to maybe get a, a buck. But uh, So that was kind of this weekend. They came up on Friday. We hunted half a day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, um, you know, just tried to show those guys a good time and show them appreciation for their military service and give them opportunity to maybe decompress from work and friends and family and, and just get away for the weekend and enjoy some fellowship. Absolutely. So, well, talking about... Um kind of the setup for the day, right? All the amenity side of it. What's from waking up in the morning to, to dinner at night, what's kind of the daily routine that you go through as a, as a, as a guide? Right. Yeah. We, uh, you know, the night before we sit down and we kind of figure out what our plan is going to be for the next day. And that includes, you know, wake up time. What time are we eating breakfast? What time are we leaving the house? We might be, we might be hunting, two or three miles away and we have a, a three minute truck ride or we may be hunting 30 minutes away and have a longer truck ride. So we, we, we figure all that out. We let the guys know the night before what time to get up and what time breakfast is going to be. And so we get up in the morning, we cook full breakfast every morning, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, French toast casserole, waffles, uh, sausage and eggs. I mean, biscuits, you know, hash brown. We, we cook a full breakfast every morning. And then uh, take the guys out, typically try and get out 30 minutes before sunlight, um, let everybody get settled in their stands. And then, <clears throat> you know, some guys are different. You know, some guys 
don't want any truck or ATV within 30 miles of their stand. So they want <laughs> they want to be dropped off at the trailhead or wherever it may be, and they want to walk in. Some guys want to be dropped off at the base of their deer stand in the truck. Um, some guys, you know, just grew up that way. Some guys, their physical limitations require different modes of transportation. Um, so it's all a little bit different, but we try and get everybody in the stand around 30 minutes before, before shooting time. And then, uh, so they'll hunt for a few hours in the morning, you know, depending on what the weather's like, what the deer movement's like, you know, we may try and go get them around 10, 11, maybe it's during the rut, deer moving all day. So they may pack a sandwich and, and do an all day sit. But typically we go get them late in the morning, come back to the lodge have lunch, you know, sandwiches, leftovers, you know, if it's maybe a Saturday or something, we may cook hamburgers or something for to watch football for a little bit. But then uh, we'll kind of replay what we did the night before. We'll make a plan. We'll get the maps out. We'll say, you know, here's what the cameras are showing. What did you see this morning? You know, do you want to go back there? Do you want to try a new stand? You know, and then we'll, we'll make a plan for the afternoon. And we'll kind of replay the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll take them out, get them out around 3 o'clock or so, and let them hunt the evening, go back, pick them up at dark when legal shooting light ends, and come back to the lodge. And, man, we try and, we try and stuff the food down their throat best we can. I mean, <laughs> we, uh, you know, one thing I can control, like I said earlier, we can't control the weather and the deer, but I can control the food. Mm -hmm. And I, food. I do like to cook and I, well, because I like to cook because I like to eat, you know, <laughs> um, I'm not a skinny guy. So, you know, I, I like to, I like my food, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll grill steaks. We'll, we'll make pasta. We'll have, you know, tenderloin, deer tenderloin one night. We'll have pork loin. We'll have grilled chicken, you know, homemade macaroni and cheese, homemade casseroles. I mean, we we try and Those we try mashed and, potatoes. Yeah, the mashed potato yeah, casserole. The, the, the I'm, secret, yeah. I'm craving them. <laughs> I literally took pictures of the recipe and I'm going to cook it at home. Yeah, yeah. So it's that good. So yeah, so that's uh, you know kind of. The, the the day in a nutshell and then after dinner like Jason said we'll we'll do it again we'll make a plan we'll get the maps out and and uh there's not a lot of time you know for sitting around and socializing you know we do try and socialize and relax the best we can you know but I mean if, if guys are here to hunt man we hunt mm -hmm. and we hunt hard um you know we try and keep them in the stand as long as possible and and we get out, we feed them, we come back, we go to sleep, and we get up in the morning and we do it again, you know, and, and that's, you know, that gives us the best opportunity to try and get somebody a deer, yep. you know, other guys. And, and, you know, really you have to base that off of the personality of your hunter. Mm -hmm. You know, that hunter, he may not like to hunt in the morning. That's fine by us. If you don't want to hunt in the morning, you don't have to. It's your hunt, you know. We're not forcing you to go to the deer stand. If you want to, if part of you coming here is to relax, sleep in, take a quote unquote vacation from life, we're down for that. Shoot, shoot you know? some arrows in the backyard. Shoot some arrows in the backyard, take a ride on the side by side, play with our dogs that are here at camp, you know, whatever it may be. You know, if that's what your deal is and you only like to hunt in the afternoons, then we don't have any problem with it. 
You know, I've actually had guys on a Saturday or Sunday decide not to hunt in the afternoon because they wanted to stay back and watch football. That's fine. You know, it's your hunt. You can you can do whatever you want. We're not forcing people into doing what they don't want to do. And so, you know, part of part of the experience and you know the quote unquote rehabilitation might just be that. And um, some R and R. Yeah. Some exactly. And uh, but yeah. So you know, we we do. Most guys hunt want to hunt hard. You know, they want to try and get a deer, and they understand to do so, they got to be in the stand. And uh, so we try and give the guys as much stand time as they want. Jason, talk about your uh, your experience last year and this year. Kind of what what's your how's your experience been over the over the two years? Right. Well, you know, I kind of touched on last year a little bit at the beginning of the pod podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I you know, I had a successful trip last year. Um, me and the guy that that came with me both shot uh, bucks. Um, Deer movement was kind of slow, but that's nothing that Kevin can control. It was just bad weather. Um, this year, um, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of deer. I think we've got a lot of deer on film. Um, you know, Kevin has put us on the deer this year. No shooters that are have been in range for us so far, but we still have this evening's hunt. And you you are allowed a turkey tag up here. Um, when you purchase your archery tag. Um, so I know a spot that, you know, Kevin knows a spot that has a lot of turkeys at it and, and their, their roost is not far from the tree stand. So I'm hoping to connect with at least a turkey this evening. I would be happy with that. But yeah, I mean, it just it's just been a good time. The food has been awesome. Uh, it, it's awesome, been awesome and consistent both years. Um, day one, we had steaks. Uh, so we, you know, Kevin had these big ribeyes he grilled for us. So, um, just every every dinner, every lunch, you know, even if it's just sandwich stuff, it's the best sandwich. It's like boar's head meat, y'all. It's not. <laughs> we're not talking like Oscar Mayer stuff. I mean, this is the real deal. You know, you're gonna you're gonna eat good here. You're gonna gain a few pounds, and you're gonna see deer. Um, everybody that sat in these stands these past few days has seen deer, and We've really been covered up in them, but just, you know, haven't connected with a shooter yet, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I I joked earlier about Chasen bringing the the warm weather up from Georgia. So last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here in Missouri, it was cold. Wednesday morning, the low was 17, and the wind chill was like 12. It was cold. I mean, really cold, like January cold. And then all of a sudden on Thursday, a warm front blew in, and we've had temperatures in the 80s, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and even yesterday was in the 70s. It's cooled off some today. We had some rain last night, but, you know, it was tough hunting this weekend again for Chasen. You know, he brings that Georgia that Georgia Bulldog <laughs> heat up with him. But, uh, you know, it's hard when the deer have their winter coats on and it's 85 degrees out. They just don't want to move, the big boys specifically. and uh, But we've been fortunate. We have seen some deer. Excuse me. And, um, you know, hopefully the sun is actually starting to peak out for the first time in a day and a half. So hopefully this afternoon with uh, with a north wind and, and some maybe some rising pressure, it'll it'll get the deer on their feet. But, 
But yeah, Jason's been good to have here. Like like you said earlier, we've developed a friendship and we joke around at camp just like we've been <laughs> And uh, we, we give each other crap back and forth. It, it's a fun time and, and that's what I want want the experience to be. You know, I want the the text threads to continue after you leave here, you know, and it does. I mean, I, I stay in touch with a lot of people that have hunted here and, and that's the way I want it. I want people to leave here and feel like and feel like their family. Well, Kevin, how you know how can people find before and find information about it? I know you have a website, and on that website you can, it you know you have pictures of the lodge, and right. you know you can see kind of what you're getting into. But how can people find you on social media? Um, well, first off, you know we're in Elmer, Missouri, which is the hot spot for tourism in the state of Missouri. I mean, this is the most, I mean, the nightlife, the shopping district. Smitty's Bar Smitty's Bar. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, you know, you already know where Elmer is. Just kidding. Elmer is a population of 80 people. Uh, Is it it like 42 now? Well, the sign sign going into town says 80. So, you know, maybe that includes a few people in the cemetery as well. But uh, it's a very small town out in the middle of nowhere so you're not just gonna find us you got to be looking for us but uh but to chasen's point yeah we we can be found online we have a website and it's b4outdoors.com the letter b number four outdoors all one word dot com we've got trail camera photo, photos on there we've got pics of some of our harvests we've got a, a interact i say interactive uh, that's not the right word we have a, a video that you can watch of our lodge um there's ways to reach out to us via the website um you know there's all kinds of ways you can reach us our our phone numbers on there we have an email thing you know all that kind of stuff we have links to our facebook page instagram page all off the website um so that's probably the easiest place to go but we also we're on facebook and instagram so if you search on either of those platforms you you know just be for outdoors um, the letter B, the number four, and then outdoors. Um, and, and we really do a pretty good job, I feel like, of, of posting on social media every two, three, four days to try and update everybody of what's going on, what we're doing, whether it's preseason prep or during the hunting season. We just made a post last night with the recap from this weekend. Um, so, you know, you can kind of follow along in our story. Um, of what we're doing if you're interested in coming to hunt with us whether you're a paid customer or a uh, a, a, what we call a mission hunter which is our our law enforcement and veterans and stuff you can fill out the forms online Um, social media is really where we do a lot of our hunt giveaways Um, we do some private stuff as well if for guys that we personally know or they personally reach out to us We'll try and arrange some trips and some hunts for them. But most of the time, we will announce on social media and the website what our trips are, what our hunts are. And so if you're really looking to come on a hunt, if you're a veteran or a kid or a first responder, and you're really looking to come on a hunt and, and win a free hunt, Facebook and Instagram is, is where you need to be because we do. This year, we're giving away not – not I'm talking about starting in June, so – we did some turkey hunting stuff and some fishing stuff in the spring, but starting in June, we've given away the deer hunt that was this weekend for two guys. We're giving away um, a two-man rifle hunt 
um, on another farm of one of our supporters um, about an hour from here. He has a 40-acre farm, and he brings in some veterans, and we facilitate that. Um, we're, we're doing a six-person hunt in December during the Missouri Antlerless Rifle Weekend. Um, trying to think what else there was. Everything ends up running together after a while. Um, <laughs> We're, we're, we've got a duck hunt in the works. Um, in years past, we've done bear hunts. Um, if you go back to this spring, um, we, did, we did two turkey hunts, a youth turkey hunt and a first responder turkey hunt. So, you know, we, we're posting all the time about these hunt giveaways, and that's really the best way to, to find us is, is on Facebook. And again, you just put little B4 Outdoors in your search bar and, and you can find all the hunt giveaways and all the trail cam photos and harvest photos and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's no, there's never going to be any shortage of finding people to come hunt or want to come hunt. Right. Uh, but you guys are a nonprofit. And we talked a little bit how you're trying to make a shift from, you, you do have a, a pretty good portion of, of paid, paid clients right, right now. But the, the mission behind B4 is really aimed towards those mission hunters. Right. And you're, you're trying to make a shift to 80, 20, 90, 10, somewhere in there right. as far as mission hunters versus, versus paid clients. Uh, but those, those, those mission hunts cost money. And you guys are a nonprofit. Right. So you know, if there's companies listening that want to get involved or want to help out and want to be part of B4 Outdoors and support those veterans and first responders and, and youth hunts, um, what what do you need help with, or how can they reach out to you and, right. and help along? So when we first started out, we were probably like ninety percent paid clients, ten percent veterans and first responders and kids, mm -hmm. and that was just out of necessity of trying to get enough capital to get this ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And as now we're into our fifth hunting season, we have great support from private donors. We do have a little bit of corporate help. Um, we do some fundraisers, golf tournaments, uh, raffles, that kind of stuff that help bring in money. And so we're really, I mean, as grassroots as you can get from a fundraising standpoint. Uh, we have a four-person board of directors, of which I'm the president. And the, the other three guys, they work their tails off. They're volunteers. They have lives, families, jobs, um, and they dedicate a ton of time to, to helping this thing go. But we're at the point now where we feel like it's time to kind of cut the cord on the paid hunters and, and start to make that full transition. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get away from getting rid of our paid clients completely mm -hmm. um, just because it is a revenue stream that helps fund the hunts for the veterans and kids. But also, we've still made a lot of great friends and relationships and we would hate to just end those, mm -hmm. you know. So there's going to be a balancing act. And like you said, it may be 80-20, it may be 90-10. You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, uh, you know, it costs about $75,000 a year to do this. Mm -hmm. um, that includes expenses at the lodge. That includes land leases, buying cameras, buying stands, you know, fixing equipment and all that stuff. Our budget's about $75,000. So we've been operating in the fact that we would get about half of that from our paid hunts and half of that from donations and fundraisers. Um, so $75,000 is a lot of money. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be as much money as the Red Cross takes in or Wounded Warrior <laughs> Project or you know those huge big nonprofits. But for us, $75,000 is a lot of money. And for us to ask our friends and family and relatives and you know biz- small business owners to, to make up $75,000 every year, it's taxing. And you can only go to the well so many times. Mm-hmm. You can only ask your, your buddies who, who own a landscaping company so many times to give you a thousand bucks to make t-shirts to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually you're going to run out of money or run out of opportunities like that, I should say. So one of our goals now is we've been working on a development plan. And basically that development plan is a 10-year plan broken down into three segments, one to three years, four to six, and then seven to 10. And we've set goals for ourselves to try and make that shift from paid to all nonprofit. And that includes basically corporate sponsorships is is the main thing. That's where we feel like the bulk of the money is going to come from. And experiences we've had with other nonprofits and within the hunting industry and, and that kind of stuff, you know, that's, that's really where the money comes from. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really start um, focusing our efforts on that. And to do so, we need help. Mm-hmm. You know, my background, my skill set is more into organizing and running events and that kind of stuff. I'm not a very good salesman from like a cold call standpoint. You know, I, I just don't do that very well. Mm-hmm. There are other guys out there, like I've got a great friend. He's a salesman. He can talk his way into jail and out of jail all on the same night. <laughs> I mean, the guy, it's amazing. I've never seen somebody talk like him. And uh, pretty sure he could sell ice to a polar bear. But uh, anyway, so, you know, we need guys, and I say guys as, as just overarching. We need people who have the same passion we do for veterans and kids and first responders and hunting, mm-hmm. you know, we need those people to, to reach out to us and say, hey, I work for a company that would might possibly be interested. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, you need to contact this company mm-hmm. because I know they support, you know, veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need leads. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, if you're a company, if you own a company or work for a company, and want to reach out to us and say, hey, yeah, here's you know a $5,000 check. We would love to have that. <laughs> but we would love to have that. But we know that's not going to happen. That's, you know, that's 1%, 1% of 1% chance of happening. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking for is we're looking for like-minded individuals who want to come on board and help us because they have a passion for veterans and kids and, and hunting and help us make that transition. Um, whether it's actually through making a donation or giving us leads or saying, hey, I'm pretty good at sales. I can come over and help you. Mm -hmm. Um, I can reach out and make the sales pitch to these people in my community. Um, And you don't have to be in Missouri. You can be anywhere. I mean, one of our board members is, is in South Carolina. One's in Arkansas. One's in Michigan. So... You know, and we have guys all over the country that, you know, align with us philosophically that want to help us and and do. And so, you know, if you're in California or you're in Arizona or you're in Maine or wherever you may be listening to this and you want to help, that'd be awesome. You know, 
And, and when I say help, you don't have to just make, you know, try and raise money for us. There's other opportunities to help us, you know, like Elmer, who was just here this weekend. He told me he's willing to come down here and put in sweat equity. You know, we're always looking for help hanging stands, building box blinds, um, doing renovations to the lodge. You know, again, $75,000 a year to make this thing run. But if we can get guys that can come build things or guys that can, you know, push dirt, have a bulldozer or a skid steer or something like that, and they want to come and volunteer, then that's great because then we don't have to raise as much money to actually bring the hunters in. Mm -hmm. um, other opportunities to help us, if you're a landowner, if you're a fellow outfitter or guide, and you have opportunities to take people out and want to do that and donate your time and land, call us. We'll facilitate it. You don't have to worry about trying to, to vet people. We're doing that already. We have a database of people, um, of veterans and kids and first responders that want to come hunt. Like you said, there's no shortage of guys that want to hunt. And they might not know how to do a Western big game hunt, or they might not know how to duck hunt, you know, but there's guys out there that do. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't have to have a big fancy lodge. You, if you have a bass boat, and you bass fish every Saturday morning, and you just say, you know what, I wanna take a veteran out Saturday with me on a day trip, all you gotta do is call me. Mm -hmm. Send me an email, go to Facebook, send us a message, we'll facilitate everything, mm -hmm. all the way up to, you know, you tell us where to meet you, we'll, we'll meet you. You know, and I don't have to be there for everything. You know, the bear hunt that we do in North Carolina is we do it about every other year, it's a, a, a firefighter that I met through a relative, through a cousin, a friend of a friend kind of deal. And basically, we facilitate the finding of the veteran and the purchasing of the tag. And then the veteran goes to North Carolina and meets the, the fireman there. His name's Kevin Paget, And Kevin takes care of everything. He houses them. He feeds them. They have a big, huge hunting club there. And all the guys in the hunting club accept this person as a member, as a family member. Mm -hmm. And they do like a four or five day bear hunt in North Carolina. And we don't have to do anything other than just facilitate finding the person. We don't do the guiding, nothing like that. So if that's something you're, you're interested in as a listener, you know, we can work on that as well. Yeah. You know, so there's thousands of ways to help. The easiest thing to do is to go to social media, like us, and share our content. Yeah, That's absolutely. the easiest thing you can do is get the word out there about what we're doing. Well, and I think kind of what you just went through is a, is a really good testament to what you're actually trying to do. It's, it's, right. We're sitting here in, in a lodge. We're doing whitetail hunting in, in, in Missouri right now. But you know, the goal of yours is to help veterans first responders and, and youth hunters and it's not just here it's how right. can we how can we help them in another state by bass fishing or by a bear hunt or by right. a turkey hunt you want to get other people involved so that we can help more vets and first responders exactly it's not just specifically right here in, in in elmer missouri exactly you know i'm one person we have like i said a four-person uh board we can only do so much mm -hmm. physically we can only do so much we can only be in one place at a time so 
you know, again, if you're out there and you want to help by putting up a hunt or a fishing trip or something like that, we are more than happy to do the legwork to, to get it organized. And uh, we'll be grateful and appreciative. And of course, the, the hunter or the fisher person, fisherman, fisherwoman will be, and that, that's the other thing, fisherwoman. <laughs> hey man, you gotta, be, you gotta be politically correct these days, right? So, um, fisher person. Fisher, fisher person. Fish, fisher they. Yeah, fisher they. What's your, what's your fishing pronoun? What do you identify yeah. as today? Yes. But, Small uh, mouth bass. But yeah, you know, going, actually, you know, you, we joke about that, but I mean, we have a lot of ladies Mm-hmm. that want to hunt and fish and you know i'm actually working with one of my good friends who's who's come and hunted with me a couple times and we've developed a great relationship she does a lot for us but we're working to maybe do some type of ladies weekend um whether that's you know a hunt or a fishing trip or something like that but we're really starting to look into getting some type of women's organization going within b4 outdoors because right now that's your biggest demographic your you know your fastest growing demographic Mm -hmm. in the hunting industry is on the ladies side so you know we want to help them too um and and so if you're a lady and you want to fish or hunt you know give us a holler we'll try and help you out best we can um vet first responder specific or just just no we just in general um we have had specific veterans and first responders you know we've we've had a hunt a couple years ago where we were specifically looking for a female uh veteran or for first responder and we we got this uh young lady i call her young lady she's my age but um you know she's she was a Marine veteran, and uh, she actually still works for the Defense Department down in Florida. And she came up here for archery hunt, and uh, so we actually had um, we had a couple ladies in camp. We had a paid client as well in camp that weekend, and kind of had a little mini ladies weekend. So it was cool. So yeah, we do serve um, veteran and first responders and, and uh, youth hunters. One of our youth hunters that's coming up this weekend is a, a young lady. Um, so we do, you know, it's not just guys, I say guys a lot, but <laughs> that's overarching, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so the ladies organization kind of weekend that we're looking at setting up and trying to do ladies trips, that's not going to be specific to just first responders and, and, and military. It's going to be open to anybody mm-hmm. because there are, there is a big group of ladies out there that they want to hunt, mm-hmm. but they might be intimidated by it. Um, because they're unsure of what to expect. Um, they don't know what gear to bring. You know, they've never been on a trip like this before. So it might be out of their comfort zone a little bit. And so we're, we want to reach out to all the ladies and, uh, and say, hey, you know, this is a place where you can come and feel comfortable. And, you know, there's no expectations. Um, the, the person who's kind of leading this up is her name's Cricket Montague. No, Christine, but her nickname's Cricket. Um, so yeah, kind of, the look on your face was like, her name's Cricket. No, but she's a really cool, cool lady. Um, great hunter. Um, she's killed some deer here with us. Killed a dandy buck a couple years ago. She's been to Africa on hunts. Uh, she killed an oryx in New Mexico on a draw tag. Um, she's a very accomplished hunter and and outdoors person, um, outdoors woman. And, uh, but so she's kind of leading that up. She's doing some organizational work for us, trying to get that. Um, you'll probably see some stuff in the, in the near future 
on our social media and website and stuff on, on the ladies' side. But, uh, yeah, there's a big segment out there in, in the outdoor industry that we're missing out on on the ladies. Um, so we're just trying to, to, to reach them as well. Love it. Well, any any last last comments for people that will be coming here in the future or, or partners in the future? Um, you know, we just, again, we're super passionate about it. I mean, all, all four guys on the board and, and the, the people that help us out in the local community and across the country, I mean, they're just passionate about outdoors and they're passionate about help, helping people. And that's really what it boils down to is helping people. You know, and it's it's so satisfying. You know, last year we had a guy. Uh, I'll, his first name is Ray. I won't say his last name. Just you know, I don't want to invade his privacy at all, just in case he he doesn't want this out there. But you know, he was an Iraq and Afghanistan veteran, and saw some pretty crazy stuff, um, stuff that I could never imagine seeing. But he told me he he almost canceled on coming up here. We, we gave him a free hunt. He's from the Kansas City area. And uh, he's like, you know, I haven't hunted since before I was in the military. Um, and he, he told me when he got here, he's like, you know, I, I don't know about this. And there were about seven or eight other people here that weekend, whether, you know, from our, our board of directors and then also some hunters. And he was really shy. He just kind of stood in the corner um, on, on Thursday when he got here. By Sunday, he was the life of the party. And <laughs> he told me and my father, who's who's on the board, that this is the greatest weekend he'd had since he got out of the military. And that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Those guys have done so much for us, whether you're a fireman or a first responder or in the military, those guys do more for us than, than people will ever know. I mean, we can't imagine what those guys do on a daily basis. And so we're just, we're passionate about helping those guys. And that's what it's about for us. And Ray killed two great deer, you know, but if he hadn't, it wouldn't have mattered mm -hmm. because it was out sitting by the fire. It was the fellowship, the camaraderie, the time spent outdoors is what he needed. And he needed people to show him that we cared. And that's what it, that's what B4 Outdoors is about, you know. So, again, if you need help, call us. If you want to help, call us. You know, we we just we, we're trying to do as much as we can, and uh, we we do help a lot of guys. I'm amazed every day how much we get accomplished um, with the small budget we have and the small staff that we have, and we can't do it without our our network of donors our network of supporters you know our hunters i mean it's it's amazing what we get accomplished and it's it's just all for those guys you know we want to serve those that serve us and that's that's kind of our our little motto that's awesome so. well i mean we've we've been up here what four or five days and yeah. i mean i'd said you know i can i can speak to it directly that you know the, your passion for for not just the the whitetail and the hunting side of it but there seems to be a lot more passion directed towards the the veterans that were here. Yep. And you, it really kind of, you show up firsthand that that really yeah. is the reason that you do this. The, the hunting side is great. And, 
you know, hopefully, hopefully someone can, can put a deer down when they're up here, but you spend a lot of time investing into, into the, the vets that you have here. Yep. We sit around the table at dinner and it's just constant conversation and talking and it's the variety of topics that comes up. It really does feel like you're sitting here at home, sitting here around the table with a couple of buddies, just having some really kind of some, some fun conversations and some, some more serious in-depth conversations. Exactly. Your, your care for, for the two guys that were here shows and shines through in, yeah. in every conversation. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, thank you guys for coming. You know, you guys laying down some footage for these guys to be able to send them a video of their weekend up here and just coming and sharing and seeing what we're doing and, and helping us get the word out. You know, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Let's go kill a deer. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you. So me and Chasten have an evening hunt here. We've been here since Thursday. Thursday? Yeah, well, Friday, Friday. morning. Yeah, Friday morning after <laughs> a very long, long Thursday night. So we're here Friday, Saturday, Sunday filming. Uh, hunted a little bit yesterday, hunting day two, which is Tuesday. And then we take off tomorrow uh, to head out to, uh, to Illinois. We got Brandon and Max. Um, Brandon with, with my bow rush and then Max with second chance archery meeting us out there for some uh, trespasser tags that we have and pay some trespasser fees and, and hunting for a few days out there. Uh, you looking forward to that, man? Well, yeah, I am. Uh, been on, been in contact with Landon, who's a landowner. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said he's got some good ones moving daylighting right now. So we'll see, uh, I, you know, anytime I get to go out and hunt a, Kind of new state is exciting for me, mm -hmm. but you know, anytime I'm out in the woods in general, it's an exciting time for me. So, hoping that you know we're successful, um, praying that we are. Even if we're not, we're still gonna have a good time. Mm -hmm. Yep, we're doing doing as much film as we can. You know, you, you guys have followed us for a while, and we've had podcasts and done the audio side, and we're gonna jump in, jump in both feet into the into the video aspect. So. Hopefully we'll bring to you guys a 2022 My Bow Rush uh, Midwest Midwest video, uh, which will follow the the Mizell video that's coming out shortly. I know you guys were waiting on that one too. Big big 164 out of out of Georgia opening opening day. That's a giant in Georgia. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a monster. And and the uh, so you know the Reese May podcast, which you know is going to be really shortly. Uh, you guys have probably already listened to it by the time you're uh, listening to this, but. Um, yeah, th this is her hometown, and this is kind of how we got connected to, uh, you know, heard about her story was, you know, through her brother, who is the landowner. So, got a lot of cool stuff going on in the Illinois trip, and, and we're excited about it. So, um, excited to hopefully bring some good footage to you guys, and, you know, you know, hopefully get some big bucks on the ground. My Bow Rush 2022, Midwest. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.